IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Today we're shining the light on men and their experiences and uh, I have uh, a young man on the show who is our cancer warrior who really has dedicated his life to helping others and uh, well now he's got to get help from others and it's quite an extraordinary story how we sometimes have to shift things and turn things around. Dean Fabian Fritz um, who's a roving post basic pharmacist assist um, and we're going to find out exactly what that is um, and he was diagnosed last year with acute lymphoblastic leukemia obviously changed his life tremendously. Dean welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good day, Nikki. It's only a pleasure to be here. Dean, what is a roving post-basic pharmacist assist? So basically, within the Department of Health um, and the healthcare system, you have the pharmacy, which um, is responsible for um, issuing medication to patients and clients. And as an assistant, you assist the pharmacist with making up those medications and issuing it to the patients. So Dean, basically what you do is you go around and you're assisting, you're helping people, you work in the health industry, this is your life, um, you love to be of service, this is what drives you. Um, and then a year ago, well, the beginning of last year, your life was turned around. You, you, you started to experience chest problems. You thought it was a heart problem. And then you found out, in fact, that it was acute lymphoblastic leukemia. I want to talk to that, Dean. What is it like being now on the opposite side, the recipient of health care and assistance and being looked after? Obviously, it's very difficult, um, especially if you a driven person and one that does things excellent and you receive service it's not not easy receiving service especially if you receive a service that is not on par to the standard that you have it can be very challenging and for me having to be um, I've been understood because if you know the amount of pressure that is on the health system of our and you have so many complaints from patients that you wrote about when you were first diagnosed, um, and you've spoken about being a strong person, um, that you've got a great mindset, and so that's very much you going and dealing with what you have to deal with. But we know that cancer affects everybody, um, and you are uh, married, and you've got three young children, and you said seeing the tears rushing down my wife's face as we refe- received the news. News broke me. And I think that there's so many people who are listening right now who can relate to that when they are diagnosed um, with this kind of illness and they are normally the strong ones looking after everyone else. How has that been for you, Dean, a year later how, how, or a year and a half later? How are you coping with that? Like I say during that time and being on chemotherapy, and the management of the treatment for cancer, you realize that cause you get drained and it takes up your energy, you realize that you can't always be the strong person and and it's okay to receive help 
um, and, and it's okay for the other people at the time. And then obviously you need to get yourself back position when you're healthier to be able to be strong for others again. And um, with regards to the incident where um, the news got broke to us and my wife just being a wife and a lady, the emotions um, takes over and uh, being a guy, you all always want to be macho and, and be strong, but in the post, when you receive news like that, nothing can really prepare you for the emotions and trauma that you obviously experiencing. And that sometimes takes one's mentality with regards to the cancer and survive finishing treatment. It sometimes leaves you on a negative foot if you don't stay positive and mm-hmm. focused on mm-hmm. the journey ahead. Yeah, um, I think it's such an important message um, that you're sharing, Dean, especially being the month of November where we're shining the light on, um, as I said, prostate cancer, but also men's issues, mental health issues, because as you say, to be the strong, macho man to, you know, you have to protect and look after and show that you're in control and okay to be diagnosed, to be the vulnerable one, the sick one who needs to be looked after is really something new that one has to navigate. So I'm so, um, and we are so grateful, Dean, that you you coming onto the show to share that we're going to take a, a small break um, because we're going to take some ads. But please stay with us, Dean, and we'll continue with your story after the break. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. Oh, thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show. I'm Nikki Severini, and we have Dean Fabian Fritz on the line. He's a cancer warrior. He was diagnosed in February 2019 with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is quite an aggressive blood cancer. Um, and we were talking to Dean. He's, you know, his whole career has been about helping others in the industry, the medical industry, um, and uh, being diagnosed has certainly not been easy. And we're talking very much from a male perspective of uh, when you're feeling ill, when you need to be fed, when you need to be bathed, when you have no energy, what it is to be vulnerable um, when normally you're the one who is so strong and who people um, really do lean on. So, Dean, from your wife, I mean, you spoke briefly about her, but was it a difficult shift for her to be able to look after you, so to speak, during this time? I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, we lost my mother-in-law um, about two years now, also to pancreatic cancer. Hmm. So the news sure. in itself was very shocking. And I think um, in this life, um, myself and my mother-in-law was one of the few people that my wife was close to. Sure. That we- that she depends on, and obviously in my mind as well, um, her losing these two sort of pillars in her life, uh, we can only think of what the consequences might have been. Um, but yes, it was a very difficult period for her, um, and she's... Uh, 
small business owner self and we have three kids. So the household, um, the daily household, um, chores and tasks and having to take me because during that initial phase of the starting of chemotherapy, we had to be at hospital, um, four days a week. Um, and her having to drop me and pick me up from chemotherapy and just every life in itself, it was very difficult on her and me being at home going through chemotherapy, I then had to isolate myself as well. Um, because you so easily susceptible to, um, infections. So I had to isolate and it was our normal life, so to say, was disrupted and it w- it's not easy for anybody to adjust when your normal life routine gets disrupted. So it was a very challenging time for her. Mm. It sounds, it sounds awful, really, Dean, to lose your mother and then for your husband to be diagnosed. How awful, um, for your wife. And then, of course, you were waiting for a bone marrow transplant and then COVID-19 hit. Um, you're still waiting for the transplant, Dean? Um, yes, um, I'm still waiting. Um, the, the initial plan is to, um, test my, son um he would obviously be a half match what they call a half match um the ideal scenario would be is to test for a full match and that you normally easily get from siblings that is from the same mother and father and unfortunately i don't have siblings that's from the same mother and father. Um, and then obviously you can also go on the waiting list, but that's longer. But nowadays with technology, um, my oncology team spoke to me and told me that they do half match donors as well and possibly um, 25% matches as well. Uh, but that's um, more on the intricate side of the treatment plan. And so, and obviously a male to male um, transplant would be better. So, and the younger the donor, the better outcome the patient also has if the transplant is successful. Um, I, I presume when you talk about the waiting list and there's this incredibly long waiting list, you're talking about the Sunflower uh, Fund, uh, contacting them, Dean? Um, yes, that would be one. And then there's a lot of other international um, lists as well that you can um, contact and go on there and test if you were possible match with somebody. Mm. 
that is not related. Um, you know, in fact, we've we've covered this before. I, I often talk about uh, organ transplanting, organ donation. We, we we spoke about it last week. A young woman waiting for a heart, um, and the same comes. Uh, we, we'd like to talk about this with stem cells as well. Um, that is quite a painless process. Um, that you can go, you can uh, be tested, you can go on to the records with all your details. I mean, you, you're listening to Dean. He's looking for a match. There's so many people who are looking for a match. And just to be um, part of this uh, Sunflower Fund, um, it's it's just it's really not a big deal. And I believe it's not painful to donate um, a bone marrow. And so I just I really wanted to bring that up, Dean, while while we were talking, because, you know, while people are listening and we've 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 seen how important it is, certainly over the last few months with COVID, we've just uh, the realization that life is, you know, it's it changes all the time and how very precious uh, our lives are. And um and I think people have, you know, tried to go out of their way to help others. And I think that looking at um, uh, donating bone marrow, looking at stem cells is um, something that more and more people really, really should consider. So, so Dean, um, how are you now? How are you feeling at the moment? I'd just like to mention as well, um, yeah, it's obviously once something like this hasn't impacted you, you don't necessarily see the severity or the need to do those um, stem cell donation or even something as that we overlook and we see the pressure that is on our blood, blood banks in the country and there's a, a major need for people to donate blood and you don't see the need but once you going through processes like this you then obviously experience and see how important it is to donate but or how much um, people would appreciate if one do go and donate stem cell or blood for that matter um, as for me and how I'm doing I'm doing much better um, I'm currently Doing maintenance therapy, um, where I go once a month for um, injections and tablets on a daily basis. Um, and that would continue until after I do the transplant and beyond. Um, but I'm doing well. Um, I'm, I'm back at work. Um, in a sort of lower capacity where I'm not exposed to patients and possibly contracting um, COVID-19. So um, things have been well since um, the start, except for the risk of the that the pandemic obviously has Thank you for that. Thank you for coming onto the show. Um, thank you for your time. Um, and also for starting the conversation for our next guest, Garen Gazelle, when we look at Movember and we look at men's issues. We wish you good health, um, Dean. I hope that, um, you know, that the transplant that you do have um, works successfully. We all do. And as I said, we wish you health and vitality and all the very best. Thank you very much, Nikki. It's only a pleasure to be here.